Can the New York Islanders pull off a hockey trade to make this team better? We've got that, plus the latest on the Alex DeBrinkett rumors, and we answer your questions all on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And we are now also available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So much to talk about on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. We'll have a few emails answered later on in today's show. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings throughout this offseason. Trade rumors, hirings, firings, any more free agents that possibly come down the pike. You name it, if it's happening to the Islanders, we'll have it covered for you between now and the start of training camp in September. So, a lot going on right now. Hope everybody had a great July 4th holiday. Uh, I I know I kind of tried to take it easy, but I hope everyone enjoyed whatever it is that they were doing. And uh, always great to celebrate our country's birthday. But for the Islanders right now, you know, the initial opening couple of days of free agency with all the frenzy has sort of died down and and it was a little quieter uh monday and tuesday on the free agent front pretty much throughout the nhl i think for the holiday weekend team sort of you know just just slowed it down for a couple of days and that's understandable but we, we need to sort of figure out where the islanders are right now and i think Look, there were a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of critics out there about the way Lou Lamorello went about re-signing 
the Islanders' own free agents, the longer-than-desired or expected contracts for uh, Scott Mayfield and Pierre Engvall and Semyon Varlamov, all of that, you know, a lot of people very critical of Lou Lamorello for it. And every dayers, you know, if you watched or listened to the show, that while I thought that those were longer-term commitments than I wanted to give those players, I didn't feel that it was so egregious because the term given to them was low enough that three, four, five years down the road, if you want to wiggle out of a deal uh, for Pierre Engvall, that $3 million a year salary will not be prohibitive to moving him or buying him out or whatever you need to do. So I, I, I think that while there is valid criticism of the Islanders and of the way Lou Lamorello handles things, I could see what he was trying to do and I understand it. Don't always agree, but I understand it. But here's the situation now. This team right now is roughly back where they started last year or back where they finished the end of last year. There are ways this team can get better uh, by bringing back the old gang. I mean, you get Oliver Wallstrom healthy again, and hopefully he takes a step forward. Certainly, you hope and the Islanders need Bo Horvat to come back and be... He doesn't have to be as productive as he was in Vancouver the last couple of years, but something approximating that. I mean, the Islanders play a more uh, defensive-oriented system than Vancouver did, especially under Bruce Boudreaux. So, uh, you know, but if you can get 25 to 35 goals out of Bo Horvat, you know, that makes your team better if he can deliver that over the course of a season. And you still have the same two major needs that we entered the offseason in. You need a puck-moving defenseman, and a goal-scoring winger. And you want to make this team younger, faster, and more skilled. That, everydayers know, is something we've talked about on this show. And all the moves the Islanders made did not change that. Now, Engvall gives them a speedy winger, probably a middle six winger, whether he's on the second or third line. That speed is good, but again, that's what you had in the playoffs last year. And let's face it, this team is still not an elite Stanley Cup contender as of right now. They are a team that should compete for a playoff spot, but they're not guaranteed to get it. They're not one of the top four or five teams in the Eastern Conference on paper right now. But, look, you got great goaltending. You've got two solid, uh, you know, your top four defense is pretty solid uh, overall. You got a reliable fifth defenseman in Scott Mayfield. You have, you know, depth at center, certainly. Maybe a little too much depth, but we'll get to that later. And... You know, you still have those needs, but this team, at least right now, can be competitive. Not outstanding, but good to very good. And could compete 
make the playoffs. The question becomes, how do you get better? Because we've seen even a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, who's ahead of the Islanders, do really well, according to most experts, in the offseason. We have seen, uh, you know, other teams in the conference, whether it's Detroit, whether it's uh, even Columbus, uh, Buffalo, you know, other teams in the conference who are going to be fighting with the Islanders for those final playoff spots, all make moves to get better. And keep in mind, the Islanders are an older team, and over time, you know, some of these older players will start to fade a little bit in their production, whereas teams like the Sabres and the Senators uh, and the Blue Jackets have more young players and their, you know, core should improve rather than fall back. So there is that. But I'll say something else while I'm at it. Championships are not made or won by making headlines in July. How many years, Islander fans, have we seen the New York Rangers, for example, sign, you know, two or three of the biggest free agents on the market, whether it was Chris Drury or Theo Fleury or whoever it was that they were bringing in uh, years ago, when before there was a cap especially, where whoever the biggest names were out there in free agency, the Rangers were going to sign them, and then the season would come and there would be no chemistry on the team, and a lot of these big-ticket free agents would not pan out, and the Rangers would be bad. Signing big free agents makes headlines in July, but it doesn't necessarily mean you lift the cup in June of the following year. So what the Islanders need to do now is be smart. And we have seen that Lou Lamorello has said that, you know, he's got to make that hockey trade. And, you know, he said a hockey trade could be on the horizon. Uh, he said, we've signed the free agents with the dollars we had available, and now to get better, as everyone tries to do, it will be a hockey trade. I think you'll find that to be a similar situation throughout the National Hockey League after the next day or two. Well, that was said when the re-signings were done, here we are a couple of days later, and it's time for hockey trades. So, the big question now becomes, what now? Can the Islanders pull off a move for a hockey trade? Can they get either a puck-moving defenseman or and or a goal-scoring winger? With the cap crunch, it's probably one or the other. The big name out there right now, Alex Debrinkit. We're going to talk about the latest rumors concerning him coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on MLB at FanDuel, and you'll get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think will hit the first home run. And hey, if you're a Yankee fan, Met fan, or if you root for one of the other teams in Major League Baseball, there's plenty of things to check out and bet on 
on FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So, the latest on Alex Debrinkit, and, you know, July 4th, it was a little bit on the quiet side. But, you know, what would it take? Among other things, you're talking about J.G. Pajot and probably Oliver Wallstrom and then probably your number one pick in next year's draft. Uh, and then the Islanders would still have to do a little bit of juggling with the cap. And here's the deal. Debrinkit right now is a restricted free agent. And according to Darren Drager of TSN up in Canada, his agent is looking for a Timo Meyer type of deal, which is eight years at 8.775 AAV cap hit per year. So... The Islanders right now have a little over a million dollars in cap space. If you trade Pajot, then you have a little over $6 million in cap space. Maybe, you know, Ross Johnston, if you bring him down and put him in the minors, that gives you an extra $1.1 million. It gets you close, even if you're not quite there. It probably means Zach Parise would not be coming back, but... You know, that's sort of what it would take right now. And there's a lot of uh, debate as to whether or not, you know, Dabrinkit is holding up a trade. His agent has denied that fact and basically said, hey, you know, that's not the issue. But here's the other thing. The Islanders, if they are going to trade for Dabrinkit. They're not going to give up a valuable third-line center like Pajot, a young potential goal-scoring winger like Wallstrom, and a number one pick for a short-term deal for Dabrinkit. They're going to have to sign Dabrinkit to a long-term deal. And if you go look at the cap situation... Starting in 2024-2025, you'll be paying a lot of money to a small number of players and adding, you know, another Bo Horvat, roughly, to your salary cap would be almost impossible. You have Barzal making $9.15 million, Horvat at 8.5, Anders Lee at $7 million, Brock Nelson at $6 million, Ryan Pollock at 6.1, Adam Pellick at 5.75, and oh yeah, Ilya Sorokin at $8.25 million. That's a lot of money tied up in half a dozen players. And if you add to Brinkett, again, you're going to have to, even if the cap goes up $4 million before next season, and it doesn't always go up what number they expect. But even if it goes up that much, 
you're still going to need to clear out more salary in order to make Debrinket's deal fit into the long-term cap situation. And here is the sort of backdoor problem with all the long-term contracts that Lou Lamorello signed players to. It takes away a lot of your flexibility because right now you have Barzal, Horvat, Palmieri, Polak, Pelic, Mayfield, Engvall, and Sorokin all signed to contracts that go beyond 2028-2029. You're looking at it cap friendly. You know, they have the next six seasons on the board, and already you have seven players who are still under contract beyond the next six seasons. And if you're going to sign to Brinkett, you're adding another one right then and there. That would be eight players locked up super long term. So it takes away some of your flexibility and sort of creates a little bit of a log jam. That being said, Debrinket checks all the boxes. And this is, again, to me, the reason that you really want to consider bringing him in. He is fast. He is young at 25, won't turn 26 till December. He has had a pair of 40-plus goal seasons. He is roughly a a point-a-game player most of the time. And, you know, had a little bit of a snake-bit season in Ottawa last year. But, you know, his bad season was 27 goals and 66 points. The 27 goals, just to give you an idea, would have put him third on the Islanders behind Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, and the 66 points was, would have been second on the Islanders, only behind Brock Nelson. If you think about how well uh, you could put him in on a line with Matthew Barzal, who could then return to his natural center position, or Bo Horvat, uh, the fact that even you could spread Barzal and Horvat on two separate lines or put them together on the power play with Debrinket. It improves your power play. And if you're going to lock up somebody long-term, a 25-year-old who's already had two 40-goal seasons is about as good a candidate as you can get. The other area that Lou Lamorello did touch on, and I think I, I, I wanted to mention it as well, is the possibility of bringing in that puck-moving defenseman. And that is still a need for this team. There's no question about that. So you got Sebastian Ajo. You've got Samuel Bolduc. If you can upgrade either one of those guys with that puck-moving defenseman, doesn't have to be, you know an Eric Carlson. It doesn't have to be an elite all-star player, but certainly if you can get even a solid second pair defenseman on the left side who can 
be better defensively than Aho and even just move the puck as well as Aho and won't cough it up as often as Aho does because of his size that he sometimes struggles to clear the zone, that is a big improvement also for this team. And it is something that they could do with a trade and possibly even coordinate trades where you free up some cap space in order to acquire that relatively inexpensive puck-moving defenseman in a trade. And then you're able to swing the deal for Debrinket or some other center, or, or a winger rather, and that frees you up to make another deal to get the goal scorer. It's doable. It's not easy. I know, Islander fans, we have all been burned too many times before. Just think back to last offseason, where the Islanders were just waiting and waiting for Kadri and Goudreau and all these other high-profile players who they were in on but never got. So I don't want to get hopes artificially up, but but at least now Lou is talking about making that hockey trade, and let's hope he can get it done. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We're going to answer your questions. Some of these dated back to last week, but with all the signings and then having Hottie Kalakesh on the show yesterday to talk about the draft class, I'm finally getting to these questions now, so I apologize. But we'll have that, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, coming up next on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so let's get to some of your questions, and don't forget, uh, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com if you want to ask them. Uh, This one is from Brian from Bayshore. He says, I was wondering with the draft being over and talking in these past few episodes about prospects and how a lot of them haven't worked out for us. I was wondering if you think we could use a new coaching staff at Bridgeport to get our prospects to the potential we think they have and maybe more since a lot of them aren't even getting to where we thought their floor would be. I have a second question as well. I was wondering, since there is an NHL-sized rink opening out east in Calverton, do you think eventually when their contract in Bridgeport uh, ends, we might see an AHL team come to the island? Brian, first of all, thank you for these two questions. I don't think Lou Lamorello is looking to make a trade right, uh, a change in the coaching staff in Bridgeport, but I do think, Brian, it's a fair criticism. So I think it's something that we will need to revisit. And the fact that Bridgeport only made the playoffs once in the last, what, four or five years, and, you know, what did they, they won a round for the first time in 2022, for the first time in way too long. I think it would be something that if they continue to struggle developing players, that's something they should do. As far as putting a farm team out east in Calverton, yeah, uh, you mentioned in the uh, email that there's like eight years left on the Bridgeport deal, but do I think it's eventually possible down the line? Yeah, it, it very well could be, and let's see if we ever get to that point. It's intriguing to say the least, and I'd love to see a team out east. Uh, This next one is from Frank in North Patchog. It was good for Lou to sign Varley, Mayfield, and Engvall, but for the length of time he signed them for, you talk about diminishing returns. What can we expect from Mayfield and Engvall toward the end of their contracts? Varley could have signed for two years, not four. He's 35 already, so Sorokin might have to play 60-plus games as his contract progresses. 
Signing for Sorokin for eight years was proper because he's young and deserving of the value of that contract. Now it will be difficult to trade for a younger sniper or puck-moving defenseman with the 30-something guys the Isles have now. I guess Lou likes an old team just like him. Love the podcast, as always. You always tell it like it is. Frank, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. I think, and I uh, everydayers know I've discussed, because the salaries are low on Engvall and Mayfield and even on Varley, that they will be movable down the road if they need to move them. Let's hope that they're able to do that if it comes to that when there are diminishing returns down the road. But if the salary cap and the salaries keep going up every year for the next four years, $3 million for a third or fourth line winger like Engvall or $3.75 million for a third pair defenseman like Mayfield, especially a right-handed defenseman, will be a bargain, and there will be teams, I think, that would be willing to make that move. Last email, Tony from Maryland. Uh, He says, uh, this question is more for your opinion and nothing else. As you know, before the trade deadline, the Islanders acquired Bo Horvat from the Canucks for Anthony Bavillier and Atu Ratu. Uh, My question is about the conditional first-round pick. As I understood it, The Islanders finished the regular season in the lower third of the NHL. We would have held on to that first-round pick this year, and the Canucks would have had our first-round pick next year. Let me say I wouldn't do anything unethical, but this is a hypothetical question. Uh, I'm glad the Islanders played the way they did and made the playoffs, but uh, hindsight being 20-20 and the Islanders were eliminated early, should they have tanked the rest of the season and then held on to the first-round pick in this year's draft? And if so... Who would they have selected? Hard to say who they would have selected, uh, depending on where. The the pick was lottery protected. So that's sort of the question. I don't know, you know, if they would have not made the playoffs and won in the lottery and moved up, they would have been able to hold on to the pick, but it didn't work out that way. Look, you never want to tank if you have a chance to make the playoffs. If your team is bad or not going to make the playoffs and you want to try to get that generational talent like Connor Bedard or, or some other elite player, maybe you can go that route. But it's not something you can ethically do in the NHL. Uh, and to me, last year, it wouldn't have been appropriate. You're right. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But we couldn't have known, Tony, that the Islanders were not going to make uh, advancing beyond the first round of the playoffs, at least not realistically officially. So you still have to try to play to win. And so many of those games against Carolina were close enough that the Islanders had a chance to do just that. Thank everybody again for the emails and the kind words. Again, we're always here to answer your questions throughout the offseason and during the season. Islanders at gmail.com to send them in. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Today is the 43rd birthday of former Islanders winger Trent Hunter. Hunter was drafted by the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in the sixth round back in 1998, but made his NHL debut with the Isles in the uh, 2001-2002 playoffs, where he played in four games and had his first NHL goal. But... Became a full-time Islander in 03-04, 
where he had a career-high 25 goals and 51 points, had another 20-goal season for the Isles in 06-07, stayed with the team till the 2010-2011 season, and then moved on to the LA Kings, where he finished out his career in 2011-2012. Hunter, 6'3", 210, pretty big forward, played in 497 NHL games, 101 goals, 236 points, 209 penalty minutes, add four goals and an assist in 14 playoff games, all uh, of those with the Islanders. We go back and look at one of his better games with the Isles, November 19th, 2003. In South Florida, Islanders with Rick DiPietro in goal, ex-Islander Roberto Luongo in goal for the Florida Panthers. And in this game, Trent Hunter, Two goals and an assist. He was a plus three, had three shots on goal, and he helped the Islanders to a 4-1 to one win over the Florida Panthers. 26 saves for Rick DiPietro. Sean Bates, a goal and two assists in that game. And for Trent Hunter, uh, both goals and the assist at even strength. So Trent Hunter, uh, a, a solid Islander for quite some time who is now 43 years old today. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest rumors concerning Alex Debrinkit. Any other trade rumors that come up, we'll have it all for you here on Locked On Islanders. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And, of course, let's go Islanders.